Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Uh, oh, hang on. We're going to have to take this call right there. Pause Sorry. it. Hello? No, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I was uh, up on the um, the road over the common at Egloisillan earlier Ooh. between Ponty and uh, Caffili, mm-hmm. and there's quite a lot of loose cattle on the road. Oh, um, that were um, <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. Uh, scattering amongst the cars and uh, quite a few walkers up there. Uh, South Wales is like a maybe about two hours ago now. Who's she talking to? The First Minister. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I'm not sure who the farmer is up there, but I just wanted to. to obviously, when it's dark, um, they're going to be a lot more easy to hit with a car. I would have thought. So Carry. If you want to hit Carry. one, go up there now. <laughs> it, well, it's the it's the road that goes across Eglosillan Common, so it's a it's a single track road with no lighting on it. Like most roads in Wales. <laughs> John, me to spell spell Eglosillan. Uh, it's John J O N, and it's Poutney P O U T N E Y. All right then, thank you. Bye bye. All right. Good community work. Good community work, John. Loads of um, yeah. I went up earlier, and um, it's a very narrow single track road up over the mountain, and there was loads of, of stray cattle out, and they were like bolting in front of cars and stuff. A woman, a w- woman walking was shitting herself because <laughs> the heifers were coming really, really close to her, and and they're very, you know, they're quite docile and very inquisitive. Mm. But if one of them takes a fright and kicks you, you're in, you're in khaki. <laughs> I remember when my dad got kicked by a cow and the oh, no. his leg was like literally like pitch black. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's it's a real, uh, it's yeah, like it, being kicked by a donkey or something. Uh, being kicked by any kind of animals really is no laughing because Johnny no. Nash almost died, didn't he? When he got Did kicked he? by that ostrich. Yes, when he got kicked by an ostrich. <laughs> so that's the title sequence done anyway. <laughs> Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. 
witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. and goals. Welcome back to the 12th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth on the south coast of England. I'm John Pantley in uh, South Wales, which is in the south of Wales. And I'm Ross in Dorchester in southern England. And today's episode, we are going to cover Clive Barker's Hellraiser. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. British supernatural horror film written and directed by Clive Barker based on his 1986 who should have known better <laughs> based on his 1986 novella The Hellbound Heart the film marks Barker's directorial debut its plot involves a mystical puzzle box which summons the Cenobites a religious sect in hell known as the Order of the Gash <laughs> Order of what? The Gash? Yes! <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> no! Describe, describing themselves as explorers in the further regions of experience and granting and granting sadomasochistic pleasures to those who call upon them. The leader of the Cenobites is portrayed by Doug Bradley and identified in the sequels as Pinhead. Filmed in late 1986, Barker originally wanted the electronic music group Coil to perform the music for the film. But on insistence from producers, the film was rescored by Christopher Young. Some of Coyle's themes were reworked by Young into the final score. Since its release in September 1987, the film has divided critics, but generally received praise. Initial reviews ranged from, ranged from Melody Maker, calling it the greatest horror film made in Britain. By someone who's never seen watched a horror film. So <laughs> Roger, Roger Ebert decrying its bankruptcy of imagination. Yep. It was followed by nine sequels, oh. the first seven of which featured Bradley reprising his role as Pinhead. A remake is currently in the works. Oh, my God. <laughs> Christ. So I think you can tell from um, the reaction so far that uh, 
what how this is going to go down. But let's maybe just go through this. Right. This is the first one we watched in a little while, guys. And I think it rather is. than um, sticking within the uh, two or three years around 1971, we might move into the 1980s. So we, we yeah. went for went to Hellraiser. So Hellraiser was mm. a film which um, had a lot of mystique around it when I was growing up. And it was one of those mm. films mm. I, was, I was really quite nervous about watching. Understandable. It was always yeah. in Starburst, like stills of it. Yes. Always in Starburst magazine. Exactly. Like, Correct. Yeah. And I can remember one time when my parents had gone out, we had a, a pirate version of this on the shelf and I decided to watch it. So okay. I, got, I got a little way in and I got so freaked out by it. And, really? And felt so like, this is something which I shouldn't be watching. I must've been 12 or like that. I was okay. feeling like this is, this is so wrong. I need to turn this off. <laughs> um, and I didn't watch it again until probably thirties in my thirties. Okay. Uh, uh, so I've seen it a couple of times. Which parts, uh, which parts freaked you out as a young boy? It was the bit when, um, the sort of like the, you know, when it, the body sort of crawls across the floor. Oh, yes. Have, yeah. Had you had you seen the thing at that point or the fly? Uh, it, I think what got got me was that mm. it was a British film. It was in a mm. Brit, in a, in a mm. British house, and it felt a lot more at that point. And I, we can talk about what how I feel about it as an mm. adult, but as a child, it felt really close to home, close to immediate. Home. Mm. Yeah, but also. And I think, and it's interesting that when the, this, the description, which uh, you probably know, I always steal the descriptions off Wikipedia and fill around Correct. Yes. They don't talk about anything other than the Cenobites in that. And the, the main yeah. story is basically it's got about. Very little to do with them. Yeah. Anything to do with them. And it's all yeah. about, like, sex and, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, you know, sort of the, the darker side of sex. And that all felt just. And, and James is going to laugh at this, but. I, with, with, with like Fred West and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like it always, always comes back to Fred, Fred West. There's no, there's no Austin Eleven hundred in this film, no, is there? No, but I felt like that That's side clockwise. of things. I was always quite scared. Did you stop watching Clockwise yeah. as well? Because the, the, <laughs> it's the same car as Fred West. I think had. growing up, like reading the news of the world and it's just being frightened of of like awful things people do mm. to mm. have sex with people. It just, mm. it just, um, it just was like, I don't, I don't like this, don't like this, and turn it off. The, As the, reverse, the reverse angle of this is that I, I thought that it looked like a mixture of the living daylights crossed with, <laughs> crossed with a 1980s Queen video. <laughs> I thought, one really... minute, I've, I, I, I've written down that at one point it turns into the Wild Boys video by Duran Duran. <laughs> yeah. It's got, really, yeah. It's got a vibe to it. It's got a really horrid. The lighting, the lighting is terrible. And Bonkers. that starburst filter on it all the time, didn't yeah. it? Yes, it really yes, right. The, the, something about the quality of the film stock that they use really reminds me of the part in The Living Daylights when um, a, a house is attacked with um, grenades disguised as milk bottles. Yes. yes! yes. There's something really similar to that scene. And then I did think when, when you've got these blue lights coming in, pulsating, mm. some broken shutters, that we were going to see Freddie Mercury jump in <laughs> with um, with <laughs> with a waistcoat on, with um, with cats and a pair of massive trainers, with with some bananas on his head. <laughs> uh, to be I honest, that time for no monkey business. <laughs> that, would have, that would have improved the film by about hundred percent. To be honest, for me. Now, before we get into it, like part of this, and I think the allure of this for people is, of course. 
Clive Barker himself, this is all like a big S&M thing, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Right? And like, ooh. And they say throughout, like, mm. oh, we, we explore the line between pleasure and pain. And now I'm just going to point out, you know, I, I don't mind saying this on a public podcast. I don't like any physical pain whatsoever. I'm a <laughs> massive natural coward anyway. And I definitely don't like any physical pain in my sexy time. Yeah. Right. So this whole thing of, oh, but it's a fine line between, oh, oh, that hurts, but you like it, don't you? The answer is always, no, I fucking no. don't. <laughs> Ow. Stop that. Stop that. Leave my nipples alone. Unless, it, unless it's an Alsatian biting your balls. James. Oh, no, but you know full well, that's, you know, that was terrifying as well for me. Yeah. But. Yeah, so for me, I don't get this whole, oh, you know, they're kind of, they're torturous, but oh, there's something a bit sexy about it. I just, no, there's nothing sexy about it. No. But I do feel like that, and it's a, a lot of this sort of, and when we talk like with um, the James Herbert stuff, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, and also when the, all the Soho stuff in Deafline, I feel like sex was so much more, um, kind of hidden and mysterious and a little bit scary and frightening and stuff before we had the internet where you can see everything and you go, Oh, actually, you know, it, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. You can look at it and it's like, looks a bit stupid. It's, it's yeah uh, for me. Well, anyway, and, it, and I think like the mystique and the, and the, and the fear and all that kind of stuff, it's just like, well, it's just someone wearing a, you yeah. know, <laughs> some PVC or something, you know, and for it's, me, this was reminding me very much of going to art college in the 1990s. Ah, yes. <laughs> Lo- boys with long hair, t- fear factory t-shirts on. Yeah. Like, they'd all stand, don't talk to girls ever. They're terrified of girls. They're on, all into films like this. Yeah. Um, Ross, this reminded me of Dean Edwards, who we went to college with. I can imagine. Yeah, with a snake. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember him. You know, I remember you guys. Else, I remember meeting him. Yeah. Someone who lives in a flat with a boa constrictor in a fish tank. Yeah. They've got a girlfriend called Marie, who um, thinks she might be a vampire. Um, <laughs> but actually, she works for, like, the yeah. DSS. So we, used to go oh, to, uh, we used to go to the, the, um, the hothouse, and um, they would yes. be playing, like, um, uh, fist fuck and have, like, a... a, a sl- Some nine-inch nails on actual, Yeah, with an actual yeah. slide carousel going around like yeah. Yeah. like showing like you know people in um you know slm stuff and, it, and thinking and it's really inevitably edgy. always yeah. always always that still of that hanoi sergeant executing that guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what to go to for those people yeah. so edgy so edgy yeah, oh, they, yeah. And, they, and they want you to go and play uh, masquerade the vampire <laughs> play a game with them <laughs> and i don't know where those people are anymore i don't know if there's still such a youth yeah. subculture as um I saw I saw a, a, a vampire go off today over in Bridport when we was going. Oh, going. maybe the, um, maybe it's not a Welsh thing. I don't know if it's more of an English thing. I don't yeah. see anyone that looks like this anymore, to be honest. But yeah, I I think that there was a, there was a lot of fear or mis- mystique. You know, it's the same with like all the Geiger stuff as well. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's a leather cock. I think you're right, though, Ross. That there's there's some kind of relationship between you know the sexual world and horror. That whole thing of the hidden, the forbidden, the taboo. I think you're onto something there, but like with this film, I didn't buy the buy into the whole kind of oh look, dark and sexy. I was just like, just a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's nothing like because none of the people in it are attractive, really, no. except for the young daughter. Mm. Um, the main woman is not remotely attractive, and her hair is disgusting. But they make out shit. So let's go. I'll become right. That yeah, in a yeah. Minute. yeah. So the the film starts <laughs> with um, uh, 
a, a, a guy buying this mysterious uh, puzzle box. And I thought, this, it looked there and it was like, well, this looks a bit like Indiana Jones meets The Exorcist. But also, scene. he was buying it off of a man who was the worst dubbed person in oh. history. There's so much dubbing like, oh. in this film. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part is like a very budget Indiana Jones, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Straight away. I, I watched the commentary and he said that they had such a small bit of um, a set there. And you can see it's a back projection, like for the outside. They said if you move the camera, you could see around the outside bit. Um, and uh, so he gets gets the um, the box, and then you see him, you know, hung upside down and having the centerpiece. Well, hold on. First, first of all, Rossi, I, I should point out as well that it takes him a very long time to find a, an extremely obvious button in this box, which is right in the middle. I'm like, it's the big round bit in the middle. Yeah. And he presses it and it opens up. And I've just written down that Rubik's Cube does have a lot to, to answer for <laughs> in this film. There's a big kind of... Yeah. And do you remember, it wasn't Rubik's Cube. What was the, like the one with the rings, guys? Yeah. That, I that, that. Was, what was that? Within what was a few hours, it? it fell to pieces and it was held together with nylon string. Yeah. And it went in the bin. My auntie So he opens up the box. Um, Gets all he's mm. ripped, uh, his latex skin gets ripped apart by oh, yes, um, yes, and then really cut. badly applied foundation over what just looks like copy decks, which is what I used to do. When but I then we like cut 12. to um, the the couple moving. You got to put now uh, just a brief right. pause there because this was the one <laughs> shot, and I had to go back and pause this again and again, right? Yeah. And I was I was immediately kind of as you said because it said 1986, 1987, the whole. Ex- you know, any exterior shots did massively remind me of my childhood. Yes. It really yeah. captured that mm. in that same way, like mm. we talked about Dracula 1980, 1971 and all of that. Mm. This really True. felt like that's my mm. including yeah. the the woman who's the lead with her massive shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah. At one point I was like, oh, so I paused that shot because they either shot it in like late autumn, early winter. And it, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, kind yeah. of Proustian and rush. Yeah, and yeah, in the yeah, background, yeah. you can see the Trellick Tower, John. Did you Can you? I was try- yes. I was oh. trying to figure out whearabouts it is. I need to go back and have a look. Yeah. So it's literally the first screen. shot. Yeah. First shot of the house. If you look in the background, you can see London's Trellick Tower, the Hang famous on. kind of brutalist block of flats. So I was trying to figure out from the angle, I'm like, is this North West London or North yeah, it must East be, London? Yeah. Because Trellick yeah. Tower is uh, not. Yeah. Where and is then, it? as we're saying, Wembley is it? I, yeah, I think you yeah. can see Wembley from not far away from there, can't you? It's possible. Apparently, the um, the American producers wanted to try and make, even though it's obviously shot in England, wanted to make it's, it sound like it was uh, make it look like it was in America. So which is one of the things I was going to say. It's, it's the dubbing, so weird. The it's clearly it's England, but yeah. then there's loads of people who are strangely American. What are, I was like, what are they what? just hanging out with, like an American expat community? Or what? What's going on? Well, they, they make a discussion. They make a, a point that they they've moved back from Boston. Yes, or, or no, no, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Sorry. That Brooklyn, gets mentioned yeah. twice. In the way that, like now, of course, Brooklyn extremely expensive to live in. Brooklyn, they make it out like it was like a nightmare from the start. The film has got a really ugly typeface, <laughs> um, and it feels like a really cheap t- American TV movie at that point. Well, I like the typeface and I thought the music sounded amazing. I thought the music The music was- actually sounds pretty good but then as you're going through the cast list you realise that you haven't heard of anyone at all. Well, the woman, the main woman in it was actually one of the sisterhood of Khan in Doctor Yes! Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's the one who brought um, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul McGann into yeah. um, John yeah, yeah, Hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, she wasn't in um, Spearhead from Space, was she? She wasn't in Spearhead from Space. Oh. I don't know if this was shot on sixteen mil. This film. It, uh, it, I mean, Doctor Who Spearhead from Space is the only uh, TV serial so far in Doctor Who that was shot in totally in sixteen mil. Oh, really interesting. I'm trying to find this bloody shot, James. But right, it's literally the first shot when when it, so it'll be sort of three four minutes in, John. Yeah. Well, since this shot is going to have the most discussion over the whole film, yeah. isn't it? Yes, probably, because yeah. the rest yeah. of it is so badly put together. It's, it's just before they, they, you know, the, the couple go into the house. I'm, I'm There's an establishing shot. What I'm going to have to do is play it until... Oh, right. Yeah, you're right, James. It is. It is. Well, is it, though? Because... Oh. Controversial. Have, have you heard of the Balfron Tower? No. <laughs> The, Balf- the, the tower cast. The yeah, Balfron yeah. Tower. Brutalist, gonna, the Brutalist so, Architecture podcast. So the guy that, um, that did the Trelec Tower, mm. I'd been to the Trelec Tower on a bit mm. of a pilgrimage and I bought a, a, a vintage radio in a shop that's underneath. Lovely. So the Trelec Tower, if I can type it into my phone properly, the guy that designed it was actually called Goldfinger. Oh, yes. Um, he, he's called Erno Goldfinger, and but he also did famously the Balfron Tower, ah. which looks exactly like the Trellick Tower, but it's a bit smaller. It's got the, okay. the separate lift shaft to the side. So that's a bit of a brutalist uh, info dump. Nice. Mm, lovely. This podcast. But um, that looks like the Trellick Tower to me, James. Yeah. Okay, Knowing cool. the topography around there. Yes. Yeah. yeah so they, um, they filmed all the interiors of the house in that house apart from the top floor because um so which is i thought was quite interesting so when they so they've come back from america mm. um and they move back to the house and they find that brother frank has been staying in there so they find <laughs> yeah he's not 80s a monk. squalor is what they find there's ca- there's cans of carling black label yeah maggots, <laughs> which was, maggots. yeah <laughs> Apparently they had to wait the whole day to, for the baggots to do what they needed to so do. So it's, it's quite weird to look at this part when the rest of the film makes you think that he's this kind of sexual lothario. So at this point, he's living in filth in an empty house um, with just a load of porn. He's just obsessed man. with wanking. In the- yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's, oh, it's just nothing. Nothing is thought through. I so they got think. all these um, weird sort of uh, saints and stuff, um, which yeah. they, they chuck out. And they find his his um dirty old mattress and, yeah. uh, yeah. and his uh, porno mags and his collection of uh like um Polaroids. Yeah. Oh yes. And a, yeah, yeah, and yeah, a, yeah. And uh, a, a little um uh, carved model of people having sex, which I saw at a mm. very similar one today in Brickle, <laughs> but they wanted too much money for it, so <laughs> not for you. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been haunted. Uh, yeah, that's what Je- that's what Beck said. So yeah, yeah better not buy it. Anything um, like that. You, it, when, once you've read Amar James, you leave, that, you leave anything like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Any porcelain cocks, leave them where they are. <laughs> um, I was going to say something. Oh, the bit in the Indiana Jones part, he's got absurdly dirty nails. Yeah. Nails, yeah. yeah. I, I put like filthy nails and absolutely. And, yeah. <laughs> like they rubbed boot polish under his nails. Um, Basking effect. A-level production design, crap. Crap chain place. And then they go into the house and it's like, it's been empty for a while. The dialogue is so clunky. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the American guy's like, 
I've got a terrific job. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's like... She goes for the, the, the photos and starts and keeps a couple of the porno pictures back for herself. Yeah, but rips the head off the women, doesn't yes. she? Because she only wants to look at Frank. Yeah, brother the most Frank. The most unsexy Lothario <laughs> name in the history of film. <laughs> and also, more on Frank and his Lothario nature in a bit. But what I also yeah. thought is, she's going through his, his, his sordid pictures. Mm. My immediate thought was, it's the 80s. Did he take these to Boots? Exactly. To yeah, yeah, of course he Someone- did. <laughs> I said these aren't Polaroids. These have been processed somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, would, would this have got like a little sticker on it from yeah. Boots? It, yeah, in the little bit of Boots where it's all yeah. dark and black. <laughs> which, so it was all a little bit sci-fi. You what know, Boots when, is that? Well, the, what the Boots and Paul Arndell said that, like, when you were, went to go and get your, your films um, developed in Boots, it was like it was all like blacked out and dark and kind That's of. Like an, an, it's like an NHS drop-in place now, right? <laughs> But there's a bit where they're walking through the house and mm. because I watched a 4K version, I think, or like a mm. maximum res version, the focus pulling on parts of it is horrifically unforgiving mm. in that the man is totally out of focus and the door behind him is in focus. focus. And yeah. there's loads of parts where... I think we've got to forgive it a little bit because it is incredibly low budget. It was like, they did it for a we'll million We'll talk pounds. about that in a bit because I think there's that's lo- the big thing. Budget, Made for a million game. quid... Just yeah. getting things and, in focus, uh, which yeah. is... Yes. <laughs> I was going to say this as well, because, you know, even films like The Babadook was made on, like, a really yeah, low yeah, budget. Yeah. And Terminator. It Follows was, was made... Yeah, they were made on a low budget, but they yeah. had narratives that made sense. Uh, yeah. Well. And, right. and, and because, the director, not just the guy who's written a book, and then he's like, I'm going to fucking do it. this. <laughs> I'm not going to get because, Michael Winner in. I'm going to do this myself. <laughs> Because it then suddenly cuts to, like, the Cenobites, don't they? And they, they seem to be, like, reassembling Frank's body, in yeah, a way. Yeah. But there's one bit, like, where they turn over, like a, like a very big jigsaw puzzle. And it's, like, part of his forehead and his eye. Oh, he's still in there, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, I said, yeah. surely the eye would fall there. Yeah, well, that's... Yes. Surely. Yeah. And that was, like, the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning of... Um, that that uh, is terrible. Oh, what's that, that thing I said I watched the other day, that one everyone goes on about... But, it's scream no the, the the british one set in the olden times with the girl with the eyebrows the old oh, blood on satan's claw yes it's right. very much like blood on satan's claw but it's also like something that you would have seen in the comic strip with like rick mail and people yeah, exactly yeah like yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, stuff like that um yeah. but apparently that was the, meant to be all part of like a an elaborate they they did a quite a few of these in that the um meltdowns where they make some kind of wax and melt yeah. it and then reverse yeah. the film, and they done uh, they do this about later one, but apparently it didn't work, so they no. they just left that bit in as it is. That was a very trendy effect at the time, which is the, the same year that this came out. I think it's the way that Kane dies in Doctor Who Dragonfire, Ooh. and obviously the first way that the, the first way that someone dies on a film like that is uh, the guy at the end, Indiana of, Jones, um, Indiana Jones, yeah, legendary Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which obviously is done really well. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, the cane one is done quite well. What I've just realised actually as well, as, as an aside to this, if this was shot in 1986 and it features the um, Trellick Tower, there's another very famous British low-budget film that came out in 1986 featuring the Trellick Tower. With Nail and I. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Slightly better a, film than this film. Oh, just the tad. Just the it's tad. got a script. It's, it's direct. It's got actors in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it hasn't got like appalling makeup. Oh, go on. I, okay. 
I think this, this I, what I think about films like this and then being redone in 4K is that it really shows up the limitations of some of the stuff that was never meant to be rewatched mm. in 4K. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Um, so well, we're going to we're going to skip forward a bit, but the the bit where oh. Frank starts being re-brought back together. Yeah, yeah. I me and Beck were saying this stuff look still looks it looks fake, but there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of work. Yeah, you know, we're saying if you think or everything you're seeing on screen now yeah. is real, there's something yeah. there. When when and it, I think that a lot of work's gone into that, and I, I think some of the makeup looks brilliant, especially when um, Frank's later on, like the skin, the skinned version of Frank. Um, I, think I some... don't think it looks much better than Dracula decaying at the end of the Dracula films, mm. especially the Titanic Road to Dracula. Mm. I was, I, I think it's meant to be on a projection on a screen, which is very far away from you. Uh, yeah, and then. Now. I, 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 I loved it. I, I, I love some of the effects in it. I thought they looked great. Okay, so I think the, the big thing that I want to flag up from this this early part of the film is that we get we get the flashback where the the where the wife where she meets Frank for the first time. Oh, and what I've written so. is yeah, erotic slash sexually charged denim slash bomber jack jacket slash rain matrix. <laughs> There's a lot going on. He turns up. In it's the horrendous. rain, ask me in, in a bomber jacket, and a lo- yeah. are you going to ask me in? And what I've written is, if you took the horror out, this is yeah. like sub soap opera yeah. level stuff. It's Who like, are um, you? It's I'm like, cousin um, from brother Frank. I mean, I was like, this is yeah, this is really bad. I was just like, this is truly. If I didn't say this is a horror film. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? It's I really bad. That that was like the prologue to the Barbara Dixon and. Um, isn't he in love? Isn't he fine? Isn't he madness? He won't be mine. It's like from the musical Chess. Yeah, it's like a prologue to that video. The, the woman's hair is the same. The lighting is the same. You expect the Peter K to come in with um, Susan Boyle. Oh, well. <laughs> but apparently um, there was a load of sodomy that we say cut out. They were yes. cut out. And, and, we, um, well, that's spanking. good because I think that that is disgusting. <laughs> we, we see at one point, doesn't it? And I'm not, I can't remember now. Even it, like my notes, as usual, have all sort of run into one. But he yeah. gets out this you know, recurring theme of his flick knife, oh, doesn't it? Jesus, Frank. And what I've written is, I bet he got that on a French exchange trip. That's exactly <laughs> what kids brought back in this country. Always got flick knife. Well, yeah. up, they said that they said that they, they had to take out the sodomy, but they was allowed to put the flick knife in. So the flick mm. knife remains the replaces the um the bum sodomy. Fair enough. I had one one once, which what? was a bum flick sex. knife. No, no, no. It was a flick knife, but it had a comb inside. It. Yeah. Oh, your beard, yeah. No. <laughs> it was. Um, I think you should get oh, get one for your beard. Yeah, maybe a flick knife comb. Where are we up to? All I've written is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous, terrible makeup, the thing, the fly. The, the bit with that transformation scene, or whatever you want to call it. So what happens is that the terrible American father has cut his hand on a, on a, a, nail. On a nail Yeah, whilst moving in, because obviously he has... Well, they're cutting back and forth of them shoving the sofa and then him, like, Right, said Fred. Rotting. I did expect to see some monkeys carry a piano up the stairs yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, e- <laughs> the editing. Don't tell, I, I, had, 
I had um, this is so <laughs> dull. Oh. Like who edited this Go on, film? Ross. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, an audio t- um, tape, which was the stories of the monkeys out of the P- PG tips, but it was told by Bernard Cribbins. <laughs> well, Cribbins is the voices. Yeah, it? so it was um, it was the re- removal man. What story? The one about the guy, the one on the bike. Yeah, yeah, and another one. Yeah. Linda Bannister's son. Oh, I can't hold it, Dad. Don't worry, son. I shifted more pianos than you've had up dinners. Green, green, Mr. Shifter. Like refreshment. Thank you most kindly, madam. There's no other tea to beat PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the taste. Dad, do you know the pianos are my foot? You have it, Sam. I'll play it. I once spent a day with Bernard Cribbins. He didn't put his cock on your shoulder, did he? <laughs> no. He was a lovely man. It was, it was shooting Doctor Who. Um, I think the episode was turn left and we were on location in the bay for ages in um, a charity that I think helped adopted kids and they were using their offices for Doctor Who. So I met Catherine Tate, who was very, very weird, uh, like a remote control robot who had lost her remote control. Who just, <laughs> when she wasn't in the scene, literally just stood in the corner, like staring into space like she'd been turned off. Wow. Um, but Bernard Cribbins was brilliant and uh, very... Depro- Nice man. Still alive, of course. Has he done a horror? Yeah. Well, he's in Frenzy, which I think we should review as yeah. part of our 1972. John hates Just... being in the 80s. We need to get back to 1972, yeah. 1971. Yeah, Let's see how old Bernard Cribbins is. Is he He's older got... than Shatner? Oh, yeah, definitely. Cribbins. 
92. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he's two years older than Shatner then. Yeah, his career... Elder um, statesman in every his way. His career has lasted for over 70 years. 7-0. Associated searches, Jim Dale. <laughs> Jim Dale, 85. Not out, yeah. 85, not out. <laughs> wow. Um, TV shows, what a carry-on. Carry-on forever. Pushing Daisies, six. Carry on do you remember? <laughs> do you remember when you you yeah. have the TV series of the Carry Ons, and it would just be scenes from the Carry Ons? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was that? Carry was on, that? laughing, wasn't it? What that was crazy. Well, what a Carry On! What a Carry On! Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, please. I totally forgotten that, and it would be on for half an hour, wouldn't it? On yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. We 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 need to do Carry On screaming. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad, though, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. It is really bad. Crying tonight. tonight. <laughs> Where are we with this? So, so the blood came. So he's he's gone upstairs and he's yeah. blood all over the um over the uh the horrible s- sex um. And topic. then somehow, and once again, this is the part that they just simply do not bother to explain. Yeah, the dead brother is somehow resurrected by this. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if there was a scene cut. Now, they, where they bothered to explain how well, this, Chris Parker like, said uh, that in, in the yeah, thing that, that he doesn't like explaining stuff. Oh, for fuck's sake. That is just lazy rubbish, isn't that, it? That, yeah. That, that, I mean, the implication is that somehow he's been absorbed into the house in some way, hasn't he? But yes. You yeah. don't, don't establish see, this. No. <laughs> you don't see where he dies. You don't see... So you think at this point there is some kind of link to Pinhead and the Cenobite mm. being in the house, but... But this, there is no explanation at all, is there? And what I've written is lack of likable characters or characters. Because mm. everyone in this is interchangeable, aren't they? Like, yeah. They just, they just walk to a point, say a line, and then walk off again. Look, that's quite a long um, sequence of him being brought back together. Lots of... Right. I've, I've written, it's like a Tesco value, John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. Oh. Or Brundle. As, yeah. as he kind of slowly stop motion... Reassembles, yeah, and, yeah. and I've written stop music. motion power. <laughs> and there's also, and once again, one of our motifs for this podcast. There's plenty of yeah. rats in this shot, aren't there? There is. Yeah, we see, we see yeah. rats. Yeah, you're a country boy, you know what a rat sounds like. If only there was one memorable line in this whole whole film when they zoom in on him and he said, "We will tear your soul apart." And, I, and all I've written is bad red dwarf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then as he's reassembling himself, we then find out that they're throwing a dinner party. Yeah. Now, at this dinner party... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really... The dinner party is really weird. And what I've put is that, once again, there's another American and the daughter who's turned yeah. up after walking around London's Dockins, yeah. which just, is now the Excel Centre. To make it longer. <laughs> make the film yeah, longer, basically. Yeah, for no real reason. Yeah. Right. He then turns up and has, and then makes, I can't, I haven't written down what they are, but all I've written is, I would never say some of this stuff in front of a girl's dad. Yeah. <laughs> some of the, the suggestions he makes, I was like, hell, dad, is that right there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say me. He's like, but how about you come just... and lie down with me? Oh, I, know. I was like, I wouldn't say that in front of a girl's dad. The father is a drip though, isn't he? That's the problem. Oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. None of the characters are, are written, are written. So you just have these kind of, sh- shadows of characters that are kind of just floating around doing stuff. And the way that, that he woos the daughter is by putting a fag in and out of his mouth with his yes! tongue. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> so just, ooh, how alluring. 
oh, those British guys who can with American but, accents. But they've all been redubbed to sound American. Yeah. And it's like weird. It's like some kind of weird American ghetto in West London. Yeah. London is bizarre. And then so weird. After that, we get that he, Frank, in inverted commas, then appears before. Yeah. What's her name, Ross? What, what is the know. name of it? Uh, oh. Peggy? No? I got Jilly. No. Jill, no. Okay. Whoever. IMDb to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Do. Margo? No. Susan? No. <laughs> I thought it was Susan. Someone's called Susan. Julia. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, Julia. So, yes, I was Julia. So we get to the bit where Frank. Like reveals himself to Julia, and then the yeah. best bit is, is he's not he goes, good, is he? he goes, "It's really me." But I found that hilarious because two things: number one, he sounds totally different, yeah. and number two, it's a totally different actor, so it's not really him at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Is it really different? Yeah, so yes. He, oh. Frank, Frank, <laughs> yeah, because Christ. they needed really skinny people to wear the the the, the flesh suit. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's only ever, it's only ever that actor when you see him as Frank. The rest of the time, it's someone else inside a suit and with a different a, voice. And they have a ten-year-old. What he's dragging himself along the floor. Or there's a ten-year-old dressed up in a in a little oh, suit. I did think at that point that that looked very, very obviously not real. Oh, that I, it just looked like a midget in a suit. I, I, I just, I, yeah, twelve-year-old me thought, turn this off. This is too that, fucking that, scary. That, that was the point. Yeah. Ross got no further. Yeah. I know as well. much me with this review, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was strange that she didn't scream the place down when she saw him. She's no. just like, oh. Whereas any other horror film, people are screaming at the drop of the hats. Stuff happens to the women in this film, and all they do is just like wince. They uh, wince no a point bit. does she say, how the fuck has this happened? Yeah. How have you resurrected yourself yeah. from the dead? She's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So you're alive now. Yeah, fine. This is all because he gave us such a good orgasm. She's yeah. prepared to do anything for him. Anything. Whatsoever. Yeah. It's like it's just like schoolboy writing. It's like it is. Like it really is. Yeah, this is someone who's never had sex thinking yeah. sex yeah. must be so amazing that you'd be prepared to kill multiple yeah. people just to have sex. Well again. at this point you've got a scene where she's basically like chatting to Frank who just looks like loads of salami or something stuck together. And she and he's like, you would do anything. She's like, yes, I'll do anything. I need more blood. And it's just like, oh god, of course she fucking does. Um, but it's like, why is she turned into a killer? Like all of a sudden, this like normal woman uh, goes to a bar, pulls this guy, brings him back, and then smashes his head in with a hammer. And she's covered in blood, and she looks really, you know, sexually uh, aroused or whatever. But there's no sense of like it being a kind of empowerment thing um, which would have made it interesting all along I think she's just played as the victim of this abusive guy who uh, which makes it really really boring for me because he's just he's just like an abusive guy in any other film he just happens to be a reincarnated corpse who's come out of some floorboards yeah and we've got to remember at this point the Cenobites have been in it for about Three seconds. Well, you haven't you haven't seen the at the point that I stopped watching. You hadn't seen the villains in inverted commas. Um, I yeah, I just I I had no idea what I was watching. Um, which when you look at it that way, it does kind of make you think of some of the other films we've watched. You know, the Hammer films where Christopher Lee doesn't turn up until an hour into the film. He says one line and then he disappears again. But I think there's no. The trouble with this film for me is there's no likable characters. There's no kind of familiar familiarity to it at all. 
there's no kind of feel of like uh, nostalgia or anything. It's just like a really bad film. So I think you've you've, you've revealed now to mm. the what have I revealed that you didn't get to finish watching this film, John. So at what point did you, you did you stop watching it? Well, I basically i i i made the deci- the executive decision not to waste another forty five minutes of my life which is the same decision I made when I went to see Suicide Squad in Nank Garrett <laughs> Cinema, where I got 10 minutes into that and walked out because I was the only person in the cinema. And I just thought it was the most risible load of rubbish. And I just thought this has nothing... I don't know... Watching the film, I didn't know who I was... Who, who am I rooting for? Out of all these <laughs> characters that are introduced, who am I rooting for? Um, am I rooting for Frank? That he's going to get his body back. And my rooting for Julia, who's just like what's the fuck? This, this, mm. yeah, basically this this woman who is just like downtrodden by a reanimated corpse. Mm. The teenage daughter who does nothing and and can't even turn. Well, it's barely in it. It's barely yeah, in it's it. Barely until the last third of the film. And then yeah, and then I've looked at, at the I I, look, I skipped through the end of the film, and she's kind of the heroine at the end. Yeah, and it's like. For, th- for two thirds of the film, you're watching a film where you're not really, you know, uh, the trope with a lot of the films we've watched is that you follow the characters through the film, you identify the, with with a character, hero. yeah, and you follow their story. And this is this is what they always say about the companions in Doctor Who that the companion is the audience and they translate what's happening in the story to the audience or the or the children watching through questioning the doctor but in this story you're not following anyone because it's just a story about loads of people that you wouldn't want to know or or go for a pint with or it's even like, like listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah at that point i think i got to um frank just a tosser then she then the girl the daughter is working in a pet shop so so it's like if this guy has got such a great job and they've just moved from Brooklyn, why does his daughter have to work in a pet shop? But she says, I, I, I don't want to move in here right now. I've got, I, it's something else. I, can, I, I can't explain it, but I've got something else going on, which was always like really got vague. Shop. So this uh, again reminded me of Rocky with... Um, uh, <laughs> but that, yeah, the pet shop, but it's very strange. So you've got the tramp in there. So this is the second time you see that tramp. Well, you've got the Who tramp is Clyde Barker. Line. Well, it's Clive Barker. Yeah, it is Clive Barker playing Clive Barker, is it? Well, the 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 cast list is a bit like Paul K when he played. um, Did he play like homeless man at one point? I thought it looked like uh, the the man from um, Deafline. Well, that's what I just said. Yeah, Yeah. it's the guy from Deafline. He's been resurrected. Mind the doors. The derelict is is played by Frank Baker. Clive Barker, Barker. Uh, Frank Baker, Clive Barker is what I think. Yeah, so we see him eating locusts. Like, ooh, who is this creepy guy? Mm. He's the author. (laughs) Another perv, like James Herbert. Well, they did appear together on Wogan, didn't they? On Wogan, as we've discussed. Is that the guy that's on Wogan? Yes! Well, he's he's an absolute (laughs) creep, isn't he? Julia continues on with her murderous spree. And this thing, at the heart of it, you know, that's that, you know, forget all the Cenobites, all that, that bullshit. Really, the thing is this, is like, it's a classic horror trope of woman in love with man is willing to murder to get him back. That's it. That's, that's the horror of the thing is that, as John says, 
she suddenly turns into this murderer in order to help, like, put it back together. out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I like the way that it wasn't as glamorous at all. That when they got the guy drunk, he came back, he stumbled to get his trousers off, he standing there with his pants. It, it, and it then, featured the really weird... He t- she takes him up to the weird kind of barren room and he goes, well, what's all this about then? And she goes, well, I've always preferred it on the floor. Yeah. I'm like, what? I said to Beck, like, there's probably about four points before this where I've gone, nah, I'm out of this. Like, first you reckon? <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm, this house looks a bit... Shitty. Mm. Mm. Come up to the shitty bait. Uh, the, the, the blood soaked. Um. Uh. What do you call it? That would not yeah. put you off. Five uh, <laughs> rats, rats in the attic. Okay, that might. One of the amazing things that you missed, John, is and so she continues the murder. Carries on this murderous sort of hammer killing spree. That's feeding him blood, and slowly he comes back together. And then, amazingly, in one shot, even though he hasn't got any skin yet, he starts wearing clothes, and he's just in a pair of slacks. And I thought, I'm alive! Get me some slacks immediately! Yeah, and he's he he like smoking. And Clive Barker said, this is the first time you see a man without skin smoking a cigarette on film. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I waited a long time to see that. Um, so I'm skipping through it now, looking at it. So is there a part where basically um, he takes over the body of the husband? Yes. So the guy that actually right plays at Frank at the start, who's got this... You know, incredible magnetism with this sexual woman. charisma. Yeah. He actually, she actually doesn't see him fully formed as Frank again. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he tries to kill um, the uh, the the daughter. Mm-hmm. And she manages to get the um, the puzzle box puzzle off box. him. Throws and, it out the window. Out the, the window. House, runs outside the house. Picks it up and, and runs for it. She then wakes up in a... Wait, 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 Ross, 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 Ross. Before you get to that bit, there's a mad bit where she's like running around the streets of North London and she just runs past a couple of nuns. And, I, and I've just put, why not, eh? Why not? <laughs> just have it, a couple of really nuns there. And, um, when was the last time any of us saw... Yeah, exactly. When, when did you ever see nuns walking about, even in the 80s? There's a like a, a convent near me. I see nuns quite regularly. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. I haven't seen a nun for a long they time. They all look like Nepalese or something. I was about to say, Rome was the only time I ever saw nuns walking about anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Loads well, it, it, Catholicism is quite big in Rome. Right. So as Ross says, she ends up in hospital. She collapses, wakes up in hospital, and Ross carries The daughter. Yeah. yeah, the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Then she starts fiddling with the, the, the puzzle box again and a sort of doorway. The, the the walls open up and there's a doorway and a corridor. She goes down there and this massive kind of like worm monster thing, which is obviously uh, a big That's sort of dreadful. thing on a trolley, because you can see the wheels at the back where they're pushing it along and there's someone standing yeah. in the tail. <laughs> it, it's known as, well, I had a look as well, as the engineer. Although it, it, oh, he clearly, it doesn't on, seem to be engineering anything. Anything. <laughs> there's no engineering going on. Not Thomas Telford. He's not <laughs> So he chases her out of the um and then she run, runs back to the house. And that when she gets back to the house, this is when um Frank has now taken over the body of uh the father. The father. Mm. Mm. Oh hold on, hold on. Before you get there, Ross, there's an amazing bit where she then encounters the Cenobites and we get this oh. whole, oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. we are in between, uh, you know, basically we're into S&M is, is, is the upshot <laughs> of it all. Right. And then he's like, now we are going to take your soul. Right. And then she goes, 
wait, wait. And he goes, no time for arguments. <laughs> and then she goes, hold on. But what if I get you Frank back? And he goes, and they were, Whoa, well, okay then. Wait, so wait a minute. There was time for argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is ridiculous. It's the greatest bit of dialogue. Even I mean, they weren't willing to listen. The sound bites you see, there's one who's got like chattering teeth. There's a big yeah. flat one of Pat Monk. Fat like yeah. Butterball. Who fat like Butterball. Yeah. Um, the because all goths are fat in yeah. some way. Some, <laughs> some part of every goth is fat. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I'm unanimous. And the female one who's, who's Clive Barker's um, cousin or something. Apparently, right. the the main centipede was meant to be the big fat one. Yeah, but, but they, they couldn't oh, get in the talk. They couldn't get in the talk, so that's, <laughs> and they gave all this lines to Pinhead. Oh, to the- <laughs> no, they couldn't job. get the actor playing. No, 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 because, because of the, the costume. Oh, oh right, oh, yeah. because he was so fat he couldn't talk. Yeah. But yeah, I loved his little Matrix sunglasses he had on. Oh God, it's awful. Oh man. Yeah, but he looked Awful. like the, um, the interior designer from Beetlejuice, didn't he? <laughs> he did, right? Uh, so, yes, you're right. So, after she, so she kind of negotiates with the Cenobites and says, well, don't worry, I'll, I can help you get Frank back. Even though they go, no one escapes from us. Although he clearly has it's, escaped it's from them. I'm like, you guys are fucking awful, right? And I've just written, just, you think my notes just says, this is fucking awful. And I've unlocked it <laughs> awful twice. <laughs> That, awful, awful. Like, awful. 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 That's the, the, the Cenobites as the, the cult of Gash from that one, should we? <laughs> the well, cult of Gash, unbelievable. Right, so well, she goes order, back order to the house. She goes back to the house to the denouement. And then what, what we get is the, Why the amazing going back to the house. But she's got to give to the Cenobites Frank in order to stop them taking her soul. Oh, we see. Yeah. And to start off with, the, the, like she is not aware that Frank has taken over the dad and nicked his skin. Yeah. So that like the her the skinned corpse of her dad. They're like, no, oh, don't worry, Frank's dead. Look, there he is. He's and dead. And then the Cenobites turned up and said, "We want them." And they showed like the the flayed body on the floor. She mm, thinks yeah. that's Frank. Yeah. So the Cenobites said, "We need, we want them." The man who did this. this. And, yeah. um, and she thinks that they're trying to get her dad. Yeah. yeah. So there's a big sort of kerfuffle around that. Like face-off with Travolta and... Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. exactly that. Because, and then uh, we get an, an amazing line where she then goes to talk to the dad in University Bobbers, who's Frank, and he yeah. goes, don't worry, when all this is done, I'll go to the police and I'll go and try and make them understand, or I'll make them understand. Like, I'd love to see that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Now, as you can see, there's a skinned person upstairs. Yeah. I know this looks bad. This, that, you know, that's going to be up there with like the Dennis Nielsen interviews. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I killed is, them. Uh, I killed them. It's not KFC. <laughs> is the wife dead at this point? No, not yet. No, she's oh, still going. All right. All right. Because yeah. she's, is she in the sequels? Yes. So how does she come back in the sequence? I, I I don't think I've seen it, but I think there's something about the blood of, on a mattress oh, fuck in a mental oh, asylum yeah, or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. yeah. And it first, like an episode of Ghost Adventures more than a bloody it does. feature. Film. And then she then kind of figures out, doesn't she, that it's kind of not her dad. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's a chase. And then mm-hmm. there's a ridiculous bit where she then goes and hides from him. Mm-hmm. And is oh, next yeah. to the corpses of the guys that she's murdered in a kind of all the horror. And then look, mm-hmm. falls over, all the maggots fall out of its mouth onto her. Yeah, more maggots, more yeah. maggots. 
And so after doing such, you know, incredible job of hiding, she then gives away her position by just going out onto, onto, onto the landing and crying. Yeah. Well, that's the fun. worst hiding job I've ever she seen in my life. She should have been in that line. Yeah. Gone in a bloody room with like 50 corpses in there, stinking the place yeah. up. <laughs> I have to say that the production design and a film made 15 years before this was far superior to the production design in any of this film. It's just, it's a film shot in an empty house. Like, how hard can it be? But they still manage to make it look terrible. Mm. I, I can't remember how it ends now, James. What happens next? Right, okay. <laughs> well, right, so, first right, of all, you'll have to remind me why, you. but one of my notes I've just written is, ah, woodwork. No. I think someone gets hit by some woodwork. Oh, no, okay. no, what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Right, okay. What happens is, she um kind of like the Cenobites are there. I can't remember. I think they I think she possibly opens the box or something, but it's possible. Mm. And they're like, ha, we got you, Frank. Got you now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then and Frank then they gets kind ripped of apart. Yeah. It gets ripped apart. But then one of the things that rips them apart is like a big spinning bit of GCSE woodwork. <laughs> it's just like a big wooden box. So he gets loads and loads of hooks into him and his face is all pulled apart. Pulled apart and, yeah. his, and his last line is before he gets ripped to pieces is Jesus, Jesus Webs. Which is Jesus. apparently was a uh, a an ad lib line by the by the actor because the final line was supposed to be fuck you. But he- <laughs> genius. Yeah. Shakespe- Shakespearean. So you think at that point they've given Frank back to the Cenobites. It's and also, Ross, yeah, we should awesome. point out that right that now there's well, famous this is a momentary aside, but it is going somewhere. Like there's an amazing bit in uh, there's a Daredevil comic from the early nineties. Right, I know Ross has, has certainly read it. Done by the great Anne Massetti, yeah. who did that. And there's a bit where it's basically Daredevil is in hell with the Marvel, you know, the, um, Mephisto, yeah, who's Black basically Heart. the devil in my black and, and Blackheart, who's basically mm. you know, the the devil in Marvel comics. Mm. And the Silver Surfer is going to fight him, and he turns to the Daredevil and he says. What's, what is about to go down is not for a mortal man to see. So I'm going to transport you out of here. Or you need, and the truth there were, you don't see what happens. It's like, it's so mind boggling. You you couldn't get your head around it. So away you go. Mm. Mm. Now they played the same card in this. In the, they, the, uh, they the, couldn't afford it. The Cenobites go, this is not for you to see. But they then promptly show her. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so again, another pointless line of dialogue. We're like, this isn't for your eyes, but you might as well watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's you got so pointless. And then like one at a time, each of the Cenobites arrive, featuring one of them. I think it, it might be the one with the chattering teeth or the fat one. I can't remember. One of them's covered in some gauze. Oh, I can't remember. And just like appears through some gauze. And I've just put, and where on earth does that gauze come from? <laughs> Do they just come with their own like sheet of gauze? I can't that, ah, I'm looking at, da, 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 oh, yes, I, I found that part. I don't know yeah. why. This appears to be a female one. Yeah. Yes. Um, is she the chattering teeth one? No, the chattering no. teeth one is it's just teeth. Oh, looks- she's behind, she looks a bit like a nun behind the girl in the rain now. And she looks scared, the girl, and then the, the gauze is lifted. Audio description. Where's that gauze um, come from? The, there's no explanation for the gauze. No. And then this is like snake face man. He's got no eyes. Yeah. And then she pushes the plunger down on the box, and then some electricity comes out. Comes out of it. Snake face man disappears. And then the Sontaran man turns <laughs> up, takes his glasses off, and he um, stabs the boyfriend. Oh, no, he doesn't. And a beam falls on now- him. 
What's What's amazing is number one is that I felt that the lightning effects coming out of that box just totally reminded me of, of any time an immortal got killed in Highlander. Yes, <laughs> it was exactly the same. <laughs> the same rendered. era. That yeah. effect was very popular. Within and about what, three years, this would all be done on CGI, and it would all look about fifty times better. And the best bit is, is like Steve, the boyfriend, turns up. And Steve's like, like, so Steve turns up into this kind of like, what the fuck? What's all this? And then he yeah. has a go at trying to close the box. Yeah. It's like, for Christ's sake, Steve. <laughs> Leave, it Leave alone, it alone, man. Steve. You're in over so, your head, Steve. So what I'm looking at at the moment is that a, a monster that looks like a big maggot with a face yeah, is that's swinging about. That's yeah, oh, mm. right. So he's swinging around in the doorway. Steve is what's just the engineering? To, yeah. <laughs> Steve has just tried to hit him with a milk bottle. So yeah, that's yeah. that's the tie-in to the living day. Daylight, yeah. Um, and then the girl is hitting... So the, the this creature here reminds me a bit of the, the shark in Jaws, in that it's totally immobile in the water and just looks like a big yeah. lump of rubber just with someone up, inside just... it. Flapping around, basically, yes. Doing that, yeah. And what happens then? I don't know. You have to tell me. James is doing it now. Yeah. It's... But, but... it's be- it's basically someone in the water going, oh, Sakaw, oh, Sakaw. Long story short, she manages to close the box, thus trapping them all yeah. back in there or whatever, or sending them off. They then Good. run out of the house and it goes very 1980s pop video, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it lights. Yeah. And the house burns down. Well, it burns down in inverted commas. Apart I've written they clearly there. couldn't afford to blow it up. <laughs> so it just kind of, they, they kind of go, oh. And then the tramp turns up. Yeah. Yes. Turns into a massive skeleton. Wait, Ross. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) First of all, she then goes, oh, you know, the house, which we don't see blow up. They're just clearly on a different set, which is just like rubble and burning bits of rubble. And instead of going, well, this box has caused nothing. I'm going to basically bury this in a concrete box somewhere and make it so that no one, or I'm going to try and blow it up. Maybe she just kind of throws it half-heartedly into one of like the, 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 the blazes. And leaves yeah. it. And then the tramp turns up. In the docklands into, somewhere. Yeah. Walks into the fire, thus setting himself ablaze, grabs it, and then I've written, this film cost me £2.50. <laughs> I think that's more than the special effects cost. <laughs> you then The tramp then bizarrely turns into some kind of demon. Dragon, yeah, dragon demon. Dragon skeleton. Dragon the, skeleton. The flies off. And, and then flies back, off. Yeah, and then he takes it back to the, the Chinese man at the beginning, and he's and he sounds. He's got another else. person going. Oh, what's your pleasure? And the uh-huh. story begins again. Begins again. Yeah, mad. Uh, I'm I'm watching that scene now. Um, you can almost see someone look really bored and cold at the side of the camera, pressing the button on the smoke machine. Mm. Yeah, oh, he's reaching, oh, he he's reached into the uh, fire. Quite clumsily, yeah. 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 catching yeah. himself on fire. Yeah, and now it just looks. That, oh, the effects for this are awful, aren't they? They are. Like I said, two oh, and now, and now it's faded into a dragon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a dragon with a child. skeleton, and it? then yeah, then the camera is on some kind of um, dolly, so yeah. it flies off. Yeah. yeah, and then an image of them is is transported into the box. And then basically you're back at the beginning of the film. Yes. Again, and it's just like that ending. It's just like, where the, what, what happened? Where, where did this uh, uh, come from? What, yeah. what? And how is she going to explain this to anyone? What's yeah. happened to your, your yeah. parents yeah. or your, your dad and his wife? Ah, well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I think they're trying to be, um, 
profound with the ending, aren't they? Like mm. the story full circles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in, in some ways it doesn't, because as I said, they made about 3,000 fucking sequels. <laughs> Another nine sequels. How can you carry on a story which has no material whatsoever for another nine But it's really interesting. Mm. I think that, you know, that film was not about the Cenobites, but that is what's big. That is what. That's what it, caught people's imagination. Yeah, 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 this yeah, whole yeah. pinhead thing. He became like this. This is the origin of him. He's a First World War soldier and all this kind of stuff. Really? Um, yeah. In, in yeah. later films. Oh, um, right. So, yeah. So, I think the verdicts mm. are John couldn't be bothered to watch all of it. So, therefore, <laughs> he didn't like it. James, would you One. recommend this? Oh, Christ, no. No. Absolutely no. not. I, like you. Like you, Ross, for me, it was something that when I was kind of 10, 11, 12, if I was going to get a, a rent of VHS and if I was going to yeah. get an 18, if I was going to convict my parents pretty liberal and would yeah. have let me watch this, but it would have had to be, it's like, you're only going to get one shot. So if it's an 18, make sure it's a good 18. Mm. Don't waste your 18. And straight away, and because I'm not the biggest horror fan in the world and mm. was it, I, I would have just, I like you, Ross, I just looked at it and just thought, I'm not sure that I'm going to be... I'd much rather watch Robocop. Or I'd much rather yeah, watch yeah, Predator, yeah, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. appealed way more than this. Predator's and then having... And I think I've maybe seen 15 minutes of Hellraiser 3 at some point and just thought, oh, I've got no idea what's going on here. Oh, you probably needed to watch the first two. But now having <laughs> gone back and watched this, I do get that it's like, okay, made for a million quid yeah. and made... Mm-hmm. How much? 20 million, million did it make? Yeah. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Okay, fair enough. And, you know, that is how Hollywood works. And that's, you know, you make cheap and you make horror films, you make romantic comedies cheaply. So respect to them for that, for doing all that. But by God, it is not aged it's well. It's interesting that you didn't get to direct any of the others. Others? No. no. <laughs> I, it's aged very badly. I think it's so bad that I'm officially not going to give it a mark. This wow. Is, this is no mark. None. Yeah. I'm not even going to record Ungraded. a mark for this. Ungraded. And N.A. Ungradable. Wow. Un- ungradable. 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 Hmm. So it's where Ross is going to give it a three. Wow. Oh my God. I enjoyed it. And I'm going to watch all of the sequels. <laughs> what wow. can you enjoy? I, 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 badly, badly scripted, badly filmed, badly edited, badly acted, badly special effects. I like the, I like the special effect. I, I like... I just... Ross, will you literally watch anything? Uh, no. Um, Do I you watch to... the test card? <laughs> I don't know. It, it just it had a, a, a sort of a, a, a sleazy, and I think James Wright, it made me think of my, it, it made me think of being a child and being a little bit frightened of this kind of stuff and uh, there being like some kind of like horrible underbelly of the world, which I was a bit... I was a bit scared of. Mm. Yeah. So it's a nostalgic charm, but it's not necessarily the thing itself that you're. Mm. So it's what Maybe. it makes you think of. Yeah. It's not the actual. And, thing and, and I think, and like a lot of the things I like, I feel like there's a there's a really good version of this which they haven't made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, I feel like if I. If I you know, again, if we got to remake this, yeah, I'd probably as I'd, they I'd, are doing. Yeah, apparently, like, according to yeah. you. I hope there's some actors and uh, but just apparently actors they, these they, days. You don't say actresses anymore. I hope there's some people in it we've actually heard of this time. But the um, apparently they wanted to push the, uh, 
So they were going to remake this, but they were trying mm-hmm. to make it for like a, a PG-13 sort of audience. Oh, trying, no trying to make way. It, and they wanted to, it to be a bit more funny. Mm. And the, the, the Clyde Barker and, and all that, I was just saying, no, we can't, it shouldn't be like that. And I, I agree. I feel like a remake of this should be almost like unwatchable because yeah. it, because it's so disgusting. That was that's how I would make it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, what could you do with sex and and uh, taboo of um, behaviors and obsession now, mm. which is which would be something which people would be going, fuck, I haven't seen anything like that before. I don't think you could. Uh, I don't think it's watchable or, or makeable, is it? There's a, a no. way you'd have to spin it on its head where you didn't see anything. Mm. Yeah, anyway, um, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I like the idea of it, and, and I, I, I am intrigued by the uh, the, cult, yeah. the order of the gash. So, <laughs> so James gave it a one. I gave mm. it ungraded, and, and gave you it gave it three. Please. A three, yeah. Fuck. Yikes! So what's that? What is that higher than? For me, yeah, or or yeah. So that's is that higher than Deathline? Probably. Let's have a oh look. my! Let's have a look. This is this is like <laughs> what I'm. I'm fascinated by the way that other people perceive the world. Yeah, and this has got a lot to do with but, that. That's what makes you an artist, John. It's, a, it's impossible to measure this as being a more enjoyable or better film in any way than Deathline. Uh, it, well, it got more than Dracula eighty nine seventy two, Curse of Frankenstein, stuff. Oh no, <gasps> no, uh, Satanic Rites of Dracula. <gasps> Death oh, line. Yeah, because yeah, you hated that. Which, yeah. and the, and Satanic Rights of Dracula is a far better film. Death than line, got one. No, oh my god, Doctor Five's got got a point five. Oh, yeah. yeah, Doctor Five's is rubbish, but I enjoyed yeah. that more than this. Yeah, the only things that got higher than this for me was Sapphire and Steel, The Rats, <laughs> <laughs> and Never Trust a Rabbit, and and Stone Tape. Uh, well, or probably Stone Tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stone Tape is my highest highest scoring one so far. Yeah, country like it. So, has anyone got anything horrific they want to share? Well, I have. No. Oh. Oh. Um, Something we recommend to to each other, which we've seen, read, or listened to since we last convened. Well, I thought outside the box for this because I don't, I I just haven't had time or chance or anything recently to do anything other than other stuff. But I've been listening, while I've been working, I've been listening to the back catalogue of PJ Harvey. Ah, yes. Oh. And I think that you, there's a very good case for a kind of um, PhD or whatever people do these days. Uh, a thesis written about how PJ Harvey's work fits in fits within the pantheon of British horror. And I mm-hmm. really interesting, think a very mm-hmm. good case for that. Um, her work is terrifying. <laughs> um, and maybe I just need to stop there. Mm. I, I was just thinking. What it, what what you think of uh, what you think of as British horror and what you think of that as being in a modern context is mm. quite hard to pinpoint, especially in terms of music. I don't think you could say often that music is horrifying, but um, the stories and stuff within her songs are absolutely nuts, and and the earlier stuff 
Um, a lot of it is kind of Americana influenced and, and there's a big Americana feel to it. But also the way she sings, obviously, that uh, her dulcet accent is quite weird, quite interesting. Um, and I just think there's a really good case to say that, you know, her, her body of work is like an M.R. James or a Hammer Films or, or something else. Mm-hmm, that's a good point. British pantheon of horror. I've only listened it's, to one of her albums, so I'm going to go back and listen to the rest. Start, start, from, start from the start yeah, and just go through them one at a time. And, and they're just, uh, they're terrifying, actually. <laughs> I would say that Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea is yes. one of my favourite albums. Yeah, 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 yeah. Regardless that of what that is, it's a superb album. That's probably the most accessible one. Yes. And yes. the least terrifying. The first three <laughs> or four are really just like screaming and kind of mad, uh, just mad, incoherent kind of murder. Uh, she, she, ev- she evokes Sheen and a gig. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah, obviously yeah, something that's yeah, used in a, yeah. in a horror context and things yeah. such as that, but it's a discussion so for another day, I'm maybe. Good point, John. Because I never have a chance to read anything or watch anything. So I was just thinking that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. Unless it's a two-hour ghost adventure special that we watched last night <laughs> at about one o'clock in the morning, where um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head now what what was happening, but it was absolutely enthralling, wasn't it, George? It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good that neither of us can remember, but it was very good, and it was two hours long. Maybe you were possessed for the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> either of you got anything? No, I haven't. I haven't got anything. This I will try and have something for the next next time we do this. Okay. Yeah, well, I've got two mind. things. Ooh, um, brilliant um, uh, New Zealand horror film called Housebound horror okay. comedy. Um, don't want to, it's about a, a, a girl who um, is involved in a bodged um, robbery, mm-hmm. and then she gets a uh, uh, one of these things on her leg. So she's not allowed to leave. So she has to go back and live with her parents. So she's not allowed to leave the house. What do you mean? One of those things on her leg? A tag. A tag. Um, a tick. No, what are they called? A tag. <laughs> yeah. Like Asbos have. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then, um, yeah, and it's just like, uh, it's like, is the house haunted? Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's, I can't say too much about it because it goes through like three or four different things when you think something's happening and then it's something else and it's, and it's loads of really good ideas, and um, but also really really funny. So it's, oh, it's, it's cool. not often you get. And it's a, a horror, funny horror. Yeah, yeah, called Housebound. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, New Zealand one, really mm. good. Um, and also, I would just say I watched uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, which was something which I thought we would we would do as a an episode, um, mm. but I don't think we we should because I, I agree with you, John. I don't think it was great. It's not a great film. However, okay. Um, mm. There's one of our followers um, on Twitter who's has written a really good uh, book about it, and I've read Ooh. his article on the um, Horrified website, and it's made it a lot, lot better for me after reading his his article, oh, which right, is obviously yeah. a, a a slimmer version of his his book on it, um, uh, because it is it was like it was meant to be a portmanteau with three different stories, but then somehow they put them. They decided to put them all into one story, and, <laughs> right. and wow. they said it's weird how like different characters sort of just dis- characters sort of dis- disappear. Like the, the the woman who's um goes insane, she just disappears, and that's it. Uh, that's the end of that story, and it goes into another mm-hmm. one, and it's all a little bit disjointed. It was weird seeing Betty. I thought some of us do have them 
and um, <laughs> yeah, Michelle Detrice. Yeah. Zoe, Zoe from Doctor Who. And Zoe from Doctor Who being raped by a mm. load of children, which is very mm. strange. <laughs> Hopefully we will, we, we're going to uh, record another episode pretty soon for you, so there won't be a big delay. Indeed. Um, and the next time on uh, General Witch Finders, we will be going backwards in time um, from the 1970s <coughs> into the 1940s to watch Dead of Night. Wow! Oh, cool. Amazing. Yeah, so that's what we've got coming up next. We're actually going to watch a good film. <laughs> but until next time, so that's available to buy, I think. Um, but it's only on Amazon for a couple of quid. So okay, cool. Get on the map. Bloody marvelous film. Okay, so until next time. Okay, everyone. Goodbye. Take, goodbye. Take care. Speak to you soon. Or live long and bye. Oh, he's changing. He's mixing it up. <laughs> what do I usually say? Love, love, love light, light and peace. And peace. Yeah. <laughs> love, light and peace. Peace. Not, no, not love, life and peace. <laughs> <laughs> Happy day. Happy bye. day. Bye. 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 You have been listening to the General Witch Finders. <laughs>